And welcome back to another episode of Double Dunk Podcast. My name is Brennan Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We are recapping week 10 in the NFL. What a week. Lots to talk about. I am beside my good friend, Mr. Eric Warnsey, huddled in like six layers over here. Are you cold, Warnsey? Well, you, you don't leave the house in the morning. I got to come <laughs> here. It is freezing outside, man. Fuck, man. I hate Canada sometimes, dude. I know. I was driving past uh, Riverside on the way here, and it's just all frost all across it. It's uh, It was zero on the dashboard uh, thermometer, Ugh. so... Yeah, it's that time of year. I I am layered up, and I have no no issues with it. I'm in a t-shirt. You're all bundled up. We got a good we got a good mix going here. Go ahead and into week ten, uh, week ten recap. Sorry, and uh, I think there's only one place to start here, and that would be the Detroit Lions against the Los Angeles Chargers. Absolute wild game um, at the four o'clock slate. Uh, four yeah. Yeah, yeah. Four this was the yeah. yeah, this this game I watched at 4 p.m. I yeah. actually really, I to be honest, didn't really focus on the other games too much. I was so dialed into this one. It was my gold pick. I was on the Lions, and this game absolutely delivered. So exciting. 41 to 38 the Lions in an absolute just like back and forth offensive side of the ball. And let's start with Detroit. So the Lions offense just absolutely exploded in this game. The third best EPA per drive game of the year. By any NFL team this year, they went for 533 yards. Amon Ross and Brown at 156 yards and a touchdown. Jared Goff threw uh, through 333 yards and two touchdowns, completing 23 passes on 33 attempts. Just give me kind of what you uh, guess your big takeaway from the Lions side of things. Yeah, on the Lions side of things, like you mentioned, 533 yards, 333 passing, 200 rushing. They would get they were getting whatever they wanted, ground or air. Yards per play were 8.3. Insane. There's only oh, six crazy. other teams that have done that this year. Yeah. They, they were getting whatever they wanted on that side of the ball. And I guess let's talk about the big decision Dan Campbell made in the fourth quarter. Tie game, fourth and three, in field goal range. That cojones on Dan Campbell. Absolutely ballsy move. And then I guess now that I'm looking at this box score and seeing 8.3 yards per play, decision might have been easier than yeah. I think it was. Like They were getting whatever they wanted. They just needed one first down to end the game. They got it. So hats off to Dan Campbell. I don't think there's a lot of coaches in the league that would have done what he did going for it there. And first down ends the game, right? How many times do we sit here and say, if you get a first down, you win the game? Like Trust your guys. Yeah, exactly. Trust your guys. And Dan Campbell clearly trusts his guys. You can tell the way his players play for him. They love him. And... He trusted his guys, and boy, did it work out. And like, not even just the fourth down conversion. He had a they ran a run play on fourth and five. They got that. They also ran it on third and six at one point. They got that. Yeah, Dan Campbell just showing a ton of confidence in his guys. And if I've always been like the go for it type of guy, be aggressive in that in that scenario on that fourth and two. If you're an LA Chargers fan, all twenty of them in the world, um, you're thinking I don't want them to go for it, like. You yeah, always right. want to do what the other opposing fans wouldn't want you to do, which and that would be going for it in that situation. So, yeah, hats off to Dan Campbell. He coached a hell of a game, and I just think the combination of him and Ben Johnson are clicking right now. That that off the way they were running that offense, they attacked the middle of the field with def, different guys like Brock Wright even got involved. Sam Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown over the middle of the field. Um, 
the you brought up the run game. They had, they had .443 EPA per rush. That is insane. That is like a high-level offense just from running the football. Yeah. They are now first in the NFL in EPA per rush over the last three weeks and third in success rate. If they can keep up that run game as well with the passing game, whew. And that was missing Montgomery for a big chunk of How that. How about Montgomery breaking out like a 75-yard run? Yeah, him and Gibbs are just such a good complement to each other. They they really are fire and ice. Like Gibbs has got the speed to the outside, and Montgomery's just so so strong in the middle. I I really like this offense. I think we do have to talk about the defense because they're I the Chargers got whatever they wanted too in the yes, second half. I've, oh, I've got a bunch on the Chargers because this is a charging, charging game, charger charging. Yeah, like the most definition of an LA Chargers football game. From the second quarter on, the Chargers didn't get stopped. They went. Five for five on touchdown drives. They just didn't get the ball back. Mm -hmm. That's also, I guess, another reason that probably went into Dan Campbell's decision-making was, damn, my defense can't get a stop right now. Mm -hmm. Let's not even give Herbert the ball back. And I guess what my area of concern with this Lions team going forward is, on this defense, I think they're lacking a big playmaker. I think that guy is supposed to be Aiden Hutchison. He was invisible in this game. I mean, neither team had a sack in this nope. ball game. Both quarterbacks were just absolute statues in the pocket, able to do whatever they wanted. But I'm really worried that in a big game down the stretch, the Lions defense is going to need to make a play. And, like, who on this defense is making that play? I just think they lack a playmaker. It's supposed to be Aiden Hutchison. Maybe I'm being a little too hard on him because it was just one game. But if he's not getting after the quarterback, it feels like this defense really lacks playmakers in the back end. Yeah, the, the C.J. Gardner-Johnson injury was also huge. Remember, he was supposed to be kind of that guy that you're talking about. Um, the defense is never going to be top 15 all season. We we knew that coming into this year. They just don't have the kind of talent around it. They've kind of got a weak secondary. Kirby Joseph had an interception this game, but um, he's kind of a he's an up and coming player. Just yeah, they don't like you. They don't have that kind of just like Aiden Hutchinson's great, but you want that second guy on the end uh, on the on the other side. Aline McNeil's kind of blossomed into that uh, in, in the interior. But, yeah, you're right. The defense definitely didn't hold up their end of the bargain. The offense had to do everything. Um, before we move on to the Chargers here, a couple things more on the Lions. The O-line of the Lions was awesome in this game. They kept Jared Goff steady Eddie. He was upright, like you said, a statue in the pocket. Zero sacks allowed. This offensive line, like, they got uh, – they're fully healthy now uh, – no one can get at Goff if, if this if this O-line's playing like this. And Jared Goff is such a different guy if he's pressured to not pressured. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's so huge to their success is keeping Jared Goff, Jared Goff upright. One last thing on the Lions. They are a very scary one-seed potential here. I think I brought this up last podcast as well. Right, their schedule's a They're 7-2 now. They're next, so reading off the schedule, they play the Bears next Sunday. Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. So there's a real shot here that they're the better team in the next five upcoming games. They're 100%. favored the next five yeah. games. Easy. And then like you go on the road to play Minnesota and on the road to Dallas. So there's some tough games at the end. But like if you're a Lions fan, you got to be sitting pretty here because the Eagles schedule is a mess. They've, they've got five gauntlet opponents coming up. If you're an Eagle, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm just hoping they go three and two in that five game stretch. The Lions could be 5-0 and in that five-game stretch, and then they're sitting in first place in the NFC and in, in the entire NFC. So, And it's huge for them to not, if you're just looking ahead to the playoffs for the Lions, you want to avoid going on the road. You want to avoid 
yeah. having to play any sort of road game because golf is a different guy in the winter weather. It's like, oh yeah, you don't want big, this, you don't want factor. golf going to Philadelphia in, in the playoffs. So just being able to be at the be in Detroit, be in that dome, um, and be comfortable is is huge for this Lions team. Yeah. This seems probably winning a this seems probably winning a playoff game, and it's and their crazy. crowd is awesome. Yeah. They took over that building like mm-hmm. every well opposing too. team does, but. Their their fans are hungry for yeah. playoff football. I think if they if they get that one seed, that is terrifying for a team to go into Ford Field if it's still called Ford Field. I think it. Is. I, I was hesitant on what to call. Uh, yeah, say. I think yeah. it is still Ford Field. But uh, how about in this game, the uh, fourth down efficiency combined seven for eight. Yeah, I find that, that's my shit, man. Yeah, it's like, my shit right there. It makes that's what gets me going. That's what gets my football juices flowing. Is fourth down conversions. Okay, the Chargers, man. Chargers scored five touchdowns on their last five drives, Warnsy, and lost. Yeah. Yeah. They went five for five. They tripled how many yards they had last week and <laughs> lost. <laughs> they led the week in drop back success rate at 421 yards. Herbert threw for four touchdowns. I, I don't. That these type of games should not be lost. If you are scoring five touchdowns on your last five possessions, that's 35 fucking points yeah. down the team's throats, and you're losing. I. It's they they are the craziest team looking at box scores after their losses because you always basically in ninety five percent of the brand Staley losses since he's taken over you look at it and you go there's no way they should have lost this game yeah take this in Justin Herbert in his career right now is five hundred win loss points for and points against total zero like <laughs> he's just it's so it's got to be so frustrating like you have this guy who. It was almost built in a lab for a perfect quarterback, like the arm strength, the size, and they just can't get over that hump. And Brandon Staley's a defensive coach. Yes. Like, you can't be a defensive coach and have this defense. Like, you're not playing the Jets and Bears anymore. Like, to give up 41 like that, like, you you brought up the EPA stats on the line size side. To be a defensive coach and get worked like that is just, ugh. Yeah, Brandon Staley's got to be better, and he doesn't have very many games to figure it out. They are, this is, sorry, the Chargers um, are now leading the league in 475-plus yard games allowed this season. That was their fourth game of that such, allowing 475-plus yards. That's one-third of the entire league, Warrensy. There's only been 12 all year. The Chargers own four of them. Every single Lions drive ended in Chargers territory in this game. They did not hold the Lions below their 50 yard line. They like we brought up they had a fourth and five conversion, a third and six run conversion. Like that stuff can't happen. The Chargers defense now ranks 28th in EPA per play. Warnsey Brand Staley is now 23 and 20 as a head coach. Just straight mediocrity from that uh from that franchise since he's taken over. With Justin Herbert as your quarterback, you have to be better than 23 and 20, especially if you're a defensive mind head coach because you can take care of that side of the ball and you know Justin Herbert has that other side of the ball. It's it's bad, man. Yeah, the Brand Staley I, era is coming to an end in, in LA. I kind of think this put the nail in the coffin on their season. They're sitting at four and five. There's seven teams in the AFC with five wins that are not winning their division. Mm-hmm. So, yes, maybe they're only one, one and a half games back of that last wildcard spot, but there's so many teams they have to climb. Yeah, the AFC, the, that bottom of the AFC wildcard picture right now is a, is like, there's so up. many teams at five you have wins. Texans, Browns, Bengals, the Raiders, Bills, are ahead of them Raiders Chargers. Like 
It's it's a log jam there, and you're right. That like that's a loss. That's a game when your quarterback's playing that well, and you're putting up 38 points of offense. You have to come away with a victory at home there, and Brandon Staley can't do it. No. Um, okay, before we move on to 49ers Jaguars, I have to let you know about the Double Dunk Podcast being sponsored by Sweat Taylor. Sweat Taylor is a casual clothing brand for men that carries everything a man could want in his closet. From hoodies to joggers to polos and jeans, Sweat Taylor is covered in every possible way. I am really starting to love the lightweight sweat hoodies that are perfect for the fall and winter weathers. They come in an assortment of different colors that will fit any clothing style you are looking for. Use code BDEGST, that is B-D-E-E-G-S-T, for 25% off everything at SweatTaylor.com. Again, use code B-D-E-E-G-S-T for 25% off everything at SweatTaylor.com. Okay, let's move over to the San Francisco 49ers. Absolutely molly whopping. Big molly whopping fan lately. We're yeah, you why brought that using... one out in the group chat. Yeah. I was like, what the? I don't know why, that? but it's it's tickling the the nice side of my brain lately. So I'm I'm a big I'm gonna continue with it. Molly whopping the Jacksonville Jaguars, thirty four to three. Absolute bending over, spanking that ass a bunch of times. It was not even close. There's a classic Kyle Shanahan performance here, Warnsy. Yeah, looking back on it, I wish. I wish I got on the 49ers. I felt good about them all week, but Jacksonville just being so hot, winning five in a row, kept me off of betting San Francisco. But you're never going to get Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers off three losses again. That was that was the opportunity right there. Yeah, all that panic is gone now, right? Exactly. And I'm throwing out this game tape for if I'm the Jaguars. I mean, it was embarrassing. It was bad. But like I said, you had won five in a row. You're feeling good about yourselves. You got the 49ers at the worst possible time. They were angry and off their bye. I know the Jags were off their bye too, but you know those two weeks in San Francisco off a three-game losing streak, their bye was a little bit different than I think the the Jags' bye off a five-game winning streak. So I just think that this was a bad time for the Jags to run into the 49ers. Who 49ers were fully healthy again, and when this team's fully healthy, they're terrifying. I, I You said throw out the game tape. I think they need to f- watch that game tape over and over and realize what they did wrong. So this stat kind of blew my mind today. The Jaguars ran a three-safety look. Um, that was their kind of counteract to the 49ers' 21 personnel. So 49ers ran a ton of Kyle Juszczyk in this game. They had a ton of just heavy personnel, two running backs, one tight end. And the, 40, and the Jaguars' answer to this a lot of teams play base defense against that, so that you kind of match up with bigger linebackers. The forty or the Jaguars in this game, they went three safety looks, so they matched up that twenty-one personnel with three safety looks all game. And in this one, the 49ers had two hundred forty-five total yards and three touchdowns against the Jaguars' three safety look. So, oh, Gus you know, Bradley making mistakes? No, no it's way. not Gus, Gus Bradley's an indie. Oh, you're this right. This is you're uh, right. who's Who the, is it? Uh, gets on the tip of my tongue. Wow. Mike Caldwell. Mike Caldwell, yes, that's it, yes. He's been, uh, he was the linebackers coach, I believe, there for a while back uh, before that. Yeah, so he, like, his strategy to beat this offense was awful. Like, he did not counteract this personnel Mm. well at all. The 49ers formations just could not be stopped. Devin Lloyd was in an absolute fucking blender all game, man. Tough, tough, uh, tough day for the sophomore. He's had a good year, but really, really rough day. Um, the Brock Purdy was awesome. 19 to 26, completing 76% of his passes for 296 yards, three tutters, 0.5 EP per play on 7.5 air yards. Whew. Nice yeah. little Brocky, Brocky Purdy performance, Warnsy. Yeah, no, I all the worry about him. Now he's back to being a Hall of Famer. Yep. So we're good. We're back on track with Brock Purdy. 
But like when they have their full complement of weapons, like Kittle goes for 116, Debo goes for 29 on the ground, 30 in the air, Ayuk 55, like McCaffrey 95 on the ground, 47 in the air. Like they just have too many guys. Like, like you know, the Bill Belichick plan is to take away the opposing team's best player. Like if you're game playing for the 49ers, you're trying to take one guy out. Who do you take out? Is it McCaffrey? I mean, but then they'll beat you with other guys. Like, I just don't know how you game plan to stop this offense when they're clicking. What did you make of, did you catch the end of that 49ers Jaguars game? I like the very, oh, end. when they're trying, they're to, get trying to get to touchdown. Touchdown. Yeah. I like that. I, I'm all for it, baby. It was, it was for a historic record. Exactly. It's not like, like they were trying to beat some like, Oh, he's getting a 10-game touchdown streak to keep the streak going. Like, that was for NFL All history. time, baby. And, yeah. it was, and why I like it, because it was one guy. So, it's like we get this one guy, this kind of record. It shows kind of like, okay, a coach cares about individual players. I think I saw some people comparing it to the Dolphins trying to break, like, the point record earlier this season. And they didn't. Remember, they couldn't right. take the field goal to beat the Broncos. But that record is, like, a team yeah. Record like I like the fact also, that he went after the if, individual record. I don't know if on the bench McDaniel knew seventy three. Oh no, break he knew. He knew. Oh, he, he, did? he said no. he knew. Yeah, and he, they, they he said they did it. They obviously knew going into the game McCaffrey had this chance for the record. Exactly. Right? Yeah, so. and they they went out. They four straight t- plays. <laughs> yeah. They it was funny the the fourth down like they ran him like they motioned him out to the to the far right sideline and then he kind of ran an out route and the Jaguars like, you could see the Jaguars helmets just like wherever McCaffrey's going <laughs> yeah, just like just following were... him they were not letting that happen but yeah, yeah I thought I, I saw Kyle Shannon getting some heat for it no 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 yeah I'm all for it on the defensive side of the ball Fred Warner absolutely yes. dominated this ball game he was lights out right from the first drive I don't know if you saw the the first series for Jacksonville Fred Warner had a pass breakup a tackle for like a one yard gain and then uh, another pass breakup. Like, right from the start, he was just dominant. And he kind of, I think, set the tone early for this defense to say, we are not losing this game and almost pitched a shutout. They smothered Trevor Lawrence, man. Oh, it, it, Trevor for- Lawrence is not him. <laughs> are you already pulling that back? Uh, I cashed out my... Uh, Trevor Lawrence MVP bet for like two bucks. <laughs> wow. Put like $20 that is on no it. Fa- yeah, yeah. Well, there is zero chance. He's not. Might as well get a coffee in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, uh, they, they just hounded him. They uh, only blitzed on 8% of their dropbacks today and got pressure on 31% of them, oh. which is wild. The front four just absolutely dominated. The Jaguars had three runs, Warrens. You have over three yards in this game on 15 attempts. The offense, negative 0.35 EPA, by far the worst in Week 10. And Week 10 had a game with Tommy DeVito starting at quarterback. So they were like a whole point or point below the the Giants, which is bad. The problem with the Jaguars right now is the offensive line. It can't hold up. They are Mm -hmm. getting dominated at the line of scrimmage. The quick stuff ain't working. And you can tell Doug Peterson and, and, uh, God, uh, Who's the offensive coordinator in uh why is this missing me? Press Taylor. Press Taylor. How could I forget that name? Oh, you're Press Taylor. Guy. Yeah, my boy, Press <laughs> yeah. Taylor. Um, you can tell that they're trying to like counteract the offensive line with a quick game, getting the ball out early. They just don't have the playmakers yeah. to run that style of offense. That also doesn't work against the 49ers exactly, linebackers. Yeah. Like Greenlaw and Warner just eat that up. And yeah. I don't know, like Calvin Ridley was in. Visible, yeah. In this well, ball I game. can't believe we all bought the 
a 28-year-old coming off a year of suspension going to yeah. just light up the league? Well, I, I, Every, mean, I wasn't I, thinking he was going to be like... No, I'm not just saying just you. Like I yeah. bought into it, too. The whole fantasy world bought into it. He was like the most talked-about guy. He's basically been invisible. Like you said, he was invisible in this game, and he hasn't done much at all recently after the big week one game that he had against mm-hmm. the Colts. I think Trevor Lawrence has actually played better than the stats kind of show overall this season. I that, yeah. yeah. Like, I think he's, like, that, like, let's remember, that Bills game was very impressive in London, like, to, to win that football game. Like, he's had some gutsy performances this year. The stats, like, just don't back that up, and I think the, the turnovers are a problem right now. Like, he's got six interceptions. He had two that yesterday, one I believe. turnover, uh, Tank Bigsby, just off <laughs> his hands, like, you're a third down back rookie. Like you barely get snaps. You can't be dropping yeah. balls that lead to ints. Like maybe Lawrence should have just thrown that ball away. I don't know, but yeah, on the stat sheet it says interception on Trevor Lawrence, but Tank Bigsby, like come on, he texted man. me yesterday. You're like, I can't believe I was high on Tank Bigsby. If his name was what'd you say, like Mike or something, yeah. I would not have been high In the on the draft. Him. I love this guy. Yeah. It was like I wonder if his. <coughs> If his name was John, would I have liked him as much? Yeah, John know. Bigsby doesn't ring off the Michael Bigsby. Nah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they're not getting help from basically anyone. I brought up the six interceptions. He also has six fumbles. The offense just around him is failing. Warns you, they're now 27th um, in EPA per rush, 28th in success rate running the football. They have absolutely zero running game to back him up. And it's funny because I think Travis Etienne's like – third in the NFL in rushing yards or something like that, but they're not running it efficiently it's at not all. efficient. Yeah. yeah, so, and that's a huge problem, and Doug Peterson's run games are usually good. We saw it in Philadelphia. He was able to, um, even when Jalen Hurts was coming in for those last four games, he built a good run game there. They were always able to run the football in Philadelphia with him, and now it's just completely taken away. So, I'm... I think it's time to start worrying about the Jaguars' offense. Like, we, I think we talked, like, three weeks ago. We're like, give them some time here. I think it's time I to know, start working a little like, bit. That had to be the quietest five-game win streak of the season. For sure, because right? like, they, they, there was a bunch of games mixed in there. Like the Steelers game uh, two weeks ago, because they had the bye last week, right? So the Steelers game two weeks ago was kind of a mess. They won that game out. The Saints game, they, you could argue they didn't deserve to win that one. They blew up the Colts in there. They beat the, that, like we brought up that impressive drive, um, impressive game, sorry, for the Trevor Lawrence against the Bills in London. Like, there wasn't that many. That was also the first game Matt Milano went out, right? He went out in the first quarter. So, that Bills defense losing him, that's such a hard adjustment on the fly. But I'm still fine on the Jaguars. I still think they're going to be okay. Like I mentioned at the start of this segment, I think this was the worst possible time to play the 49ers. That's fair. I think whoever played the 49ers this week was going to get smacked in the mouth. Anything else before you tell us about our great friends at BetterHelp? No, sir. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We love BetterHelp at the Double Doink, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around the mental health of a football fan. Some people think that you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that is not true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you avoid the lowest of lows. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers over-the-phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone in person if you don't want to which is my favorite part. BetterHelp is available 100% online, no sitting in waiting rooms or in traffic, no time wasted searching for the right therapist, and it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can even be matched with a licensed therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 3 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. Double Doink listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash 
That's betterhelp.com slash double toink for 10% off your first month. All righty. Bengals, Texans warranty, probably the game of the week. Most exciting, yeah. I would say. So the, t- the Houston Texans defeat the Cincinnati Bengals 30-27 on a game-winning field goal by Matt Amendola. Sign off the practice squad this week, comes in, drills, uh, hits a game winner. Good for him. Like to see that. Um, I think the Houston Texans are legit contenders now. I don't think it's even an argument. I don't know about like Super Bowl contenders, but we're on like the AFC contender list. Yeah, they host. They would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. They would. I I have that game circled against the Jaguars in two weeks. Ooh. If you remember early in the year, Texans smacked the crap out of the Jaguars, embarrassed them. That was kind of the Texans coming out party. Mm-hmm. And since then, they like this is their most impressive win of the year, By far. beating the Bengals on the road. Be, like going into Joe Burrow land and beating them, putting up a 30 burger and leaving there with a victory is the most impressive thing the Texans have done all season. Yeah. There's far. no there's no question anymore. CJ Stroud is a top ten quarterback. I remember last week when you brought that up, I was a little bit cautious on um agreeing with you. But after watching this game, like once Burrow came back and tied it, like for a rookie quarterback on the road to just Act like it was just another drive. Mm-hmm. No biggie. Let's just go get a field goal, win this ball game. I mean, that drop by Tyler Boyd absolutely. Yeah, used a that's crusher. what I say. There's there's a there's two ways to look at this game. Like yeah. C.J. Stroud was incredible in this one. Five hundred forty. The Texas offense had five hundred forty four total yards. Stroud had three fifty six for two touchdowns. But like that, it gave, that interception at the end could have been killer. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd catches that pass. We're talking a whole different scenario. That's it's football, baby. It is football, and Tyler Boyd's so sure-handed. I, I remember know. Last year, I swear he had the longest streak in the league of targets without a drop. Bengals fans were like not happy with him on Twitter. Man. I know. And he's been a Bengal for a long time, right? He's been I there know. for like seven, eight years. All of his teammates were picking him up, yeah. though, in the press conference. Nobody was throwing him under the bus. I like seeing that. You can see the leadership of Joe Burrow and Joe mm-hmm. Mixon. So Noah Brown in this game came alive too. Seven catches for 172 yards. CJ Stroud just turning in like the Cowboys' fourth receiver from last year into like a number one yeah. receiver this year. What a signing that was. They were nine um, of four. Yeah, like how many teams missed their number one because um, Nico Collins didn't play, didn't in, play this in this game. game. And they still went for 544 total yards. Right. Like you take away the number one wide receiver on a lot of offenses and their pass game takes a huge hit. <sighs> no issue for the. Texans. What is the eye test telling you about Devin Singletary? Because he's been a hot topic on this podcast for the last few years about the minimum juice that guy brings to the football field. <sighs> when I saw the box score, Devin Singletary had 30 <laughs> carries. 150 yards towards he. I was like, and a touchdown. What? what is going on? Like, 30 carries for Devin Singletary. That's about 25 too many, in my opinion. But <laughs> He went for a one up 50 towards he. I can't believe it. You know it. what? I will give Devin Singletary credit for the first time on this podcast. <laughs> I actually thought he looked good in this game. I think he had some juice. He was missing some. He was running uh, angry. Run, yeah, he was running away from defenders. Good for him, man. Yeah. Way, way to bounce back after listening to the show all last year. <laughs> Why the fuck these random two kids in Canada hate me? Um, but, yeah, he played well. Well, the crazy well. thing is the Bills could use Devin Singletary. Yeah, exactly. right it's Buffalo. It's got to be something to do with the Bills running back. He just can't do anything. Um, I thought in this game the Texans did a really good job in play action. I went and dug these stacks up as well. 9 of 14 for 169 yards and 8 first downs on play action. Incredible. Like they were putting Cincinnati defenders in a blender kind of similar to the way the 49ers were against the Jaguars. The the Bengals defense had a really rough day over the middle. They couldn't kind of keep up with all these crossing routes. 
And uh, I thought uh, I thought CJ Stroud made some really difficult throws and played really well. The one of the yeah. biggest, um, the the thing I'm most impressed with about CJ Stroud right now is his ability to throw ten plus yards and just absolutely not be phased. Oh, he, he now has well, that more, was his trait coming out of college. Yeah, and he it's it's completely ballooned in the NFL. Right now, he has 1,513 passing yards on 10-plus air yards attempts this season, which leads the league by more than 100 yards to the next guy. And most of those are coming on third down. He just he reads the field so well. There's no wasted movement. That flick of the wrist, like the way he's just able to no, no, look like he's getting a lot on his balls. I don't get it. Yeah. That that throw to uh, John Necci on that double move route on the left sideline, he, he just shouts like leaning back towards the right sideline and just flicks his wristles and absolute dot to John Mechie on a very nice route. Like he's the last two games. She just shot is 53, 81 for 826 passing yards, seven touchdowns and two game winning drives. Like MVP candidate, this man right now. Legit. Like, I guess the game we talked about first, like you're starting a team right now. Let's take contracts out of it. Let's no contracts. Would you rather start your team with CJ Stroud or Justin Herbert? Whew. Like, what offense am I getting them in? Yeah, just because <clears throat> I guess just because of the mediocrity of Herbert's results, like it's so hard not to pick CJ Stroud. Like, and seeing those last two game-winning drives, CJ Stroud feels like he has that dog in him. That like, yeah, like get all my back. I'm winning us this ball game. Like, I want to see more of that in Herbert. Like, I want to see that we're not losing this game. I'm not letting us lose this game. Like, and CJ Stroud kind of feels like he has that mentality and. That's something you want in your quarterback. Yeah, super likable guy. After the game, he says he uh, was so excited to play against Joe Burrow, and he looks up to Joe Burrow, and then he blames his himself for almost losing the game. Like he took responsibility for the interception at the end. Like just a super, super likable guy. And I think I brought this up on the podcast before, but just super happy for Texans fans because that organization has been through fucking hell uh, with uh, with with just like Jack Easterby running the show. There's a Sean Watson mess. Like, to finally have stability here must feel good for Houston Texans fans. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. To the, just quickly on the Bengals yeah, that's I, side of Yeah, things. so I want to kind of combine the AFC North into one kind of segment here. So let's talk to on the Bengals. Just like a couple bad drops. Um, just not just not enough kind of game-breaking plays. They kind of struck. They had that interception um, uh, towards the end of the game, and then they got the ball back. Like, there were just a couple plays here and there where the bit just didn't go the Bengals' way. Not like I'm not worried about in the grand scheme of things. I thought they played an okay game. The defense didn't play too well. Like you said, 544 total yards is a problem. The defense has to get better. But on the offensive side of the ball, I thought they played fine. Yeah, and we did mention on weekend wagers, it was a little bit of a look-ahead spot. Bengals have the Ravens on Thursday. Maybe it was a look-ahead spot for the Ravens as well because they kind of blew that ball game. It, I don't know. The Bengals are 5-4, and four and they're in last place in their division. Mm-hmm. That's like – that. I mean, that a lot they, of teams, start kill, the start was yeah. killer. Like every game matters, right? Like yeah, there are well some late, there lately. are some teams that would sign up for five and four and be like, okay, we're we're all right. In the AFC North, five and four is not all right. I mean, the division is nuts right now, dude. And you're getting an angry Ravens team Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, boy, what a game that's going to be on Thursday night. Um, yeah, the AFC North right now has three teams over five hundred. So if you just no, take, all four over five hundred. Yeah, all four over five hundred. There's three teams six and three or better. Yeah, seven and three. Ravens still lead the division. Steelers six and three. Browns six and three. Bengals five and four. So anything else in the Bengals before we go to Browns Ravens? No. Okay, so Browns Ravens. Uh, wild another wild game. Uh, in this one, 
the Browns had absolutely no business winning this football game. They do end up winning a 33-31 on a game-winning field goal. Dustin Hopkins had a very great, had a great quote um, after the game, the kicker, because he missed the he missed that easy kick early in the game, and he's like, it kind of felt like an arsonist being praised for or taking out the fire that he started. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's expecting. a good one. Great quote from uh, for great quote from the kicker. But yeah, gutsy win by Cleveland. Like uh, Baltimore blew this game, Warren. Yeah, this that kind of blew my mind. The Ravens have lost seven games in the last two regular seasons with Lamar Jackson as a starter. They have had a 75% win probability, according to ESPN's win probability tracker, in the fourth quarter of every single one of those games. And five of the seven, they had a 90% chance to win in the fourth quarter. This would be one of them. Muff punt, pick six, just like colossal mistakes down the stretch. Yeah, colossal mistakes. And I just want to say about the Browns, like for them to run the ball the way that they did, they had... 178 rush yards against the number one ground defense yep. in the NFL with a banged up O-line. Both starting tackles were out for the Browns. Like, that is something I did not see coming whatsoever. I guess we got to give Deshaun Watson some love. Like, I don't I want know, to. I hate doing I it. hate it because I fucking, that guy sucks, but uh, we got to do it. Like, one to nine in the first half for 19 yards and a pick six, zero quarterback rating ugly first half if you're a Browns fan watching that game you're going no like this is a disaster I like, Watson was like it was up to the point where I was going like Watson might be like just not even worth putting on the field like I don't even know what the Browns do he was getting hammered as well offensive line didn't hold up second half was a whole different story he goes 14 of 14 for 134 yards a touchdown in a game-winning drive so he gutted it out he played really well in the he second was half playing on one ankle too. yeah like the that's kind of the takeaway with the Brown. One of my takeaways with the Browns after this game is their offensive line is so banged up. They're I don't know how they can kind of survive on that side of the ball, especially on the offensive line going forward. But I guess the conversation for a different day. But yeah, Deshaun Watson, hats off to you, buddy. If you can play like this with that defense, yeah. How about the gauntlet for the AFC North teams? I mean, you just had Browns and Ravens play each other, and then the Bengals had a tough game against the um, Texans. Then next week, the Steelers and the Browns have to play each other, and the Ravens and the Bengals have to Fuck play yeah. each other. Like AFC North football feels like when you play, you need like a bye week mm-hmm. after. Like they're just the most physical games. And I hate that I might be on the Steelers next week because the Browns put everything they had into this ball game. How do they get up for another really physical game against the Steelers? Oh, the Steelers. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about our good friends in Pittsburgh. Outgained for the ninth straight time. <laughs> Six and three, and they've been outgained in every single game. Someone explain this to me like I'm five years old. It's Mike Tomlin, man. Like, the rec- his streak is not going to end. I said last year the streak was going to end. I said no, this no, no, year no. the streak was going to end. No, 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 no. It's never ending. Seven, All this guy but does. 17 in a row now. 17 straight years of a winning season. It's because they're 6-3 and three now. It's happening. It is happening. And, God, the Packers are frustrating. There's another kicker who started a fire, but Carlson didn't get a chance to put it out. Did you get three and a half on the spread? I had, yeah. I had a three and a half in a part, like a $5 parlay I threw. Um, and they, they like, took it away from me. Just hit an extra point, man. Like, just kick an extra point and like Jordan Love actually played well I thought for the first time in a while but you just look at the Steelers team like their wins they're all so scrappy like every single one of their wins is by one score I believe like that's not sustainable <laughs> like well okay I will say this so one maybe the Mac Canada to the to the sideline was uh just that little spark they needed. You you know oh, he moved no, from the, the boot to the sideline. The spark they needed was playing Joe Barry's <laughs> yeah. defense. 
Fair enough. But since week five, Steelers are 10th in success rate on offense and 14th in EPA. Way better than what it was. Showing some life, baby. Matt Canada, that move, man, to the sideline really helped out. But if they can play like this, like if you can be a mediocre to average offense the rest of the way and get a stud defense with guys like TJ Watt and uh, Meek and Fitzpatrick and these guys making plays and being a force for you, this team can make the playoffs and, and do some damage as long as Kenny Pickett doesn't turn the football over. Like they are, again, six and three and... They're, these wins are gutsy, and Mike Tomlin is a hell of a head coach. And there's just uh, there, there's just something to this team this year. It's it's one of those kind of outlier it is, good but teams. We're gonna find out. Uh, we're gonna find out about them the next two weeks because, like I mentioned, they have the Browns and then they have the Bengals, both on the road before they get a little bit softer and then take on the Cardinals and Patriots. But we're gonna find out a lot about this Steelers team these next two weeks. Two big big division games. AFC North division games are massive right now. Like we said, all all these teams are above 500. Feels like division games are worth even more than they already are. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped, the brand that took your balls to space is now launching them into the ultrasphere, introducing the new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting-edge design and next-generation dual-skin-safe blade heads for different shades. It's pretty much a spaceship to take your boys downstairs to the next Level. Join 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. You just go double doink at manscaped.com. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're trying to get a close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped in all my sensitive areas. I'm lucky to be one of the first people to try the new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and to say it's a game changer is an understatement. Again, use code double doink at manscaped for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping. Use a code double doink at manscaped.com. Okay, Warrens, you have a couple quick hitters here before we get out of here. One thing, I not a lot of like funny moments in the NFL this week. Nothing like trendy we can talk about. It was all T-Swift stuff. You see the video mm-hmm. of T-Swift uh, and Travis Kelsey kissing after the concert? Yeah, she like changed the lyrics of yeah. her song or something. You're shaking your head? I think it's cute. Yeah, I I'm kind of. I think care. I'm back on the T-Swift yeah, bedwagon a little bit. It. I'm back on, on a bye week. I'm We're still talking bi-week. about it. Hey man, Saturday night, I'm on the couch watching UFC, and I go through my Twitter, and I see a video of Taylor Swift running to kiss Travis Kelsey after a concert in Argentina. Yeah, it makes my was heart warm Vandy a little bit. At that concert yesterday, or Buddy Vandy? He was, he was in Buenos Aires. Yeah, he was at a concert. I couldn't tell. Well, if that is was Buenos Aires? Is Buenos Aires? Argentina. That's Argentina? Yeah. Well, I think I was Brazil. I've got no South American geography in me. Yeah, it looked like a crazy concert. See, he was at T. I did not know he was at T Swift. Yeah, looking forward to talking. Yeah, maybe he's got a video. That. Maybe he's got some Travis Kelsey videos we can uh, share with the internet and get some money from TMZ for. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was cute. He running over there after the concert, a little kiss. She looked like a kid in a candy store, you know? I go back on the bandwagon, back on the T Swift bandwagon. But yeah, not a lot of not a lot of funny stuff this week. Um you want to give your and, boy Josh Dobbs some love or what? <laughs> yeah, my boy now. He is After your you boy. faded him. I did. I can't believe this Vikings team won five in a row without Justin Jefferson. Like they're only gonna get their best offensive player back, hopefully next week. Like, I don't know. That was that was as impressive of a win as this week at, that I saw. That was a very entertaining game. Josh Dobbs is awesome in the first half and, and in general in the game. 23-34 with 268 and a touchdown through the air. He also rushed. Um, he also rushed for 44 yards and eight carries and a touchdown. So he had over 300 total yards on the day. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell deserves so much credit for what's going on right now 
in Minnesota. Like you said, to whip off five games in a row after losing your best player. The offense is creative. These guys play hard for him. He gives like cool post-game speeches after. You can just tell the vibes of Minnesota are better. Like this Minnesota team that's six and four right now is better than the team that went 13 and four last year. Absolutely. No question about it. I mean, I still do think the ceiling is capped, unfortunately. Yeah, like could they squeeze a playoff game win out potentially? Maybe. Maybe they do an upset of some sort, but Yeah, it's just hard to hard to picture and ugh, next next week's Sunday nighter is the Vikings and Broncos. Fun. So fun. <laughs> I hope or wait, are they flexing or they better be flexing something. So I think, yeah, next Sunday night game is Vikings Broncos. I don't think they they were gonna flex it because it wouldn't they have to tell us by now. You're right. Yeah, they would. But that's disappointing. <laughs> I mean, the, Russ on primetime back God, like, weeks. There's no way that after watching the Raiders Jets yesterday, I'd be like, we made the right decision to keep this game here. Like, come on. Like that was a terrible watch. Now we're getting Vikings Broncos. I don't know how much better that is. Little Dobbs versus Russ action on primetime. Yeah, like I just don't like it. I mean, I haven't looked at next week's schedule to see if there's an obvious flex, but... I don't think there is. I think I actually looked yesterday. I think next week is kind of a, a lame uh, lame card. Uh, but we, Yeah, we. I'm looking at it right now. We, we're absolutely blessed with Bengals-Ravens Thursday night, Eagles-Chiefs Monday yes, night. Yes, sir. Everything in between is kind of meh. <laughs> God, that Chiefs-Eagles game is going to be so sick. That is going to be so sick. Are you ready it. for the T-Swift... Uh, I'm Talk? curious. So I will actually, damn, I meant to actually, my chaotic brain wanted to look up T Swift's tour schedule and see if oh, she's going to be there. She's on tour for like a year, I swear. Yeah, so she, she's not going to be there. No, she's not. But yeah. there's still going to, it's going to be a storyline somehow. Maybe she hops on a private jet from wherever she is in South America, flies into the old KC, watches Jalen Hurts defeat her boyfriend. It's on a prime big time. one. It's the Kelsey brothers. Yep. Yeah. Okay, couple quick hitters before we get out of here. Sam Howell, Warnsy. Yeah. We got to give Sam Howell some love here. He's now the only – so Sam Howell is only the eighth player in NFL history to have four games of 300-plus passing yards in their first 11 career games. Now the first to do so since Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert did it in 2020. Fifth most passing yards in NFL history through 11 games. Yeah. He's been awesome over the last uh, over the last few games. He has over 1,000 passing yards, eight touchdowns, only two picks. He's kind of ke- keeping the ball – um, to himself as well. He's not doing those stupid turnovers. That throw to Diami Brown at the end of that game oh. over two Seahawks defenders, absolute dot and a huge moment, kind of steps up in the pocket. He's playing really well. I don't know what yeah. the future looks like in Washington, like going forward at the quarterback, even at the quarterback position, like because they're going to fire Ron Rivera at the end of this year. They're going to clean house. Does that new coach like Sam Howell? What does the ownership think of Sam Howell? Like, I don't know any of those questions. It's still too early, but this kid's mm-hmm. playing well enough to hold down the starting job, and he's the most exciting thing Washington Commanders franchise has had in a very long time. Yeah, I mean, coming into this year, I think in our preseason division previews, I said I had Sam Howell power rated as like the 31st quarterback. It's clearly not that not anymore. anymore. He's moved up those rankings quite, quite steadily. And you're right. I think he made a murky Commanders offseason murkier. Yeah, right? exactly. It, it almost like, it's like my I was my dad who's a Commanders fan. I was talking to my son. He's like he was fine with them losing because it's better they lose yeah. right now. Just because then you don't want to finish nine and eight, be in the middle road. Then the ownership's going to be fire Ron Rivera and all that stuff. You want it to be a clear cut picture. 
So losing those type of games is almost better. But my dad still doesn't think Sam Howell is the guy just because he doesn't know what ownership and and, and everything, like I said, is going to look like. But or the the head coach and front office is going to look like. So yeah, it's 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 complete toss up what's going to happen. But it's fun to watch, man. I like oh, he he's, he's playing watch. really well. Um, next up, the New York Football Jets, Warnsy. Jets or Giants? Jets. Jets. We're not talking Giants today. Yeah, but I swear you're, it's New York football giants. Is it also New York football yeah, jets? Yeah, you're right. I think I just butchered that. Yeah. Uh, they're now the New York football jets for this podcast. All right. Um, six, Zero six, touchdowns six, in the last 35 drives. <laughs> 16 to 12 loss to the Raiders when your season's basically on the line. There's no way that this team watched the last two games and doesn't regret not getting another quarterback. Like, I... Josh Dobbs wins these last two games. Exactly. And that kind of my take on the Jets right now is I think Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, a general manager, deserve just as much blame as Zach Wilson for what's going on here. That was the poor penalties yesterday, penalties oh, in big spots, yeah. bad clock management across the board. Just Robert Sala's not doing a good job of putting his players in good situations to succeed right now. And he's like the post-game press conferences are just like, Oh, we're so close. We're almost there. We're going to get there, man. We just got to clean some things up. No, you don't. You need to clean up everything. You just lost to Antonio Pierce across the sideline and Aiden O'Connell. You have yeah. a much more talented roster than the, than the Las Vegas Raiders do. You were 4-4. Four and four. You needed a victory here to stay alive in the AFC playoff push. And you completely choke it out with four field, or, yeah, four field goals. Just awful offense performance. Yeah. Tyson Bagent was able to get in the end zone exactly. I think four or five times against the Raiders defense. Like, you can't get in the end zone once? It's the Raiders? And Max Crosby didn't wreck this game. Nope. When we were breaking this game down on weekend wagers, I kind of stayed away from the Jets because I was like, oh, Max Crosby could wreck this game. If you told me Max Crosby was going to have zero sacks, I would have been all over the Jets. I, they still couldn't get it done. They actually did a, a good job of kind of stopping him, and that was it. Like that was they yeah. they because I was watching Max Crosby in a lot of the plays. Like he kind of like your eyes go towards him on when the Raiders are on defense, and they did it like they, they you could tell they're double teaming him, they're chipping him. Like they did everything in their power to not allow him to have a good game. So uh, I I think the Jets are in trouble. Um, just as an organization, just like I don't like Aaron Rodgers isn't fucking coming back. I'm so sick of this. I know. He tore his Achilles. It's like three and a half months ago. He's not stepping on the field. If he does. Might have to eat and a with sock. This, with this O line, he's gonna get hurt again. Like the one thing I will say about Zach Wilson was he was he's decent at escaping the pocket. Like he can move a yeah, little. Yeah, he bit. played fine yesterday. Yeah. I thought like it wasn't his fault he lost. It was that everyone around him, the coaching staff, Nathaniel Hackett is also not a very good play caller. It's just. Did you see that clip where Nathaniel Hackett made a play call and then they cut to Aaron Rodgers and he's shaking his head? And then they it was a third down play that didn't succeed. Yeah, it, that was a bad look. Yeah, you completely missed my eat a sock there. Yeah, but that means nothing to me anymore. <laughs> Two times you've had to eat a sock. You haven't. Died. If Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays a football <laughs> game in the middle of December after tearing his Achilles, I might have to do the sock. I might. I might actually happen this time. Yeah, put a little ketchup on there. <laughs> All right, last but certainly not least, the Arizona Cardinals take down the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. In a 25-23 thriller. You called it. This Your is, gold picks are on fuego. We will uh, we will definitely flex our muscles on Thursday's episode of Weekend Wagers, but this segment is strictly about how the Atlanta Falcons are a fucking dumpster fire. 
And it, it is awesome to see because I've been calling it out the last few weeks. This team is so, so fraudulent. The Falcons offense now ranks 25th in EP per play, 23rd in success rate. Warren Z, they had 94 total passing yards in week 10 against the Cardinals. The Cardinals had the second worst pass defense in the NFL heading into that game, according to most metrics. They are the Falcons are 12th in offensive spending with a quarterback on a cheap deal. Three offensive linemen making over $10 million, three top picks on offensive playmakers. This game solidified to me that Arthur Smith has got to go. Yeah, I'm fully on board with 18 that. 18 and 26 as a head coach right now through three, uh, through three and a half or two and a half years. Sorry. That's not good enough. You have to win football games to hold on to your job. I don't care if your dad is the CEO of FedEx. I don't care if you think you're some sort of smart offensive mind. You're better than everyone else. Your team is failing right now. And it's because of you. The Falcons are a mess. And shout oh, out to Kyler yeah. and the boys. Yeah, there's not much more to say. I mean, this Cardinals defense has not done anything the last how many weeks. And to have... What is this? Let's see. 94 total 94 passing yards. That's it, Wardsy. Against the Cardinals. They couldn't put up a bill. Couldn't even hit a bill against the Cardinals defense, which, I mean, you said it right when the game started. I knew you were a little bit nervous because you were like, I forgot how bad this Cardinals yeah. defense is. But in the second half, they showed up. They owe John and Gannon, John and Gannon adjustments. Oh, yeah. Half He's time. so good at those, eh? Just don't let him get to halftime, John um, and Gannon. Last, we got to give Kyler some love here. He played really well. That play was incredible. Yeah, he on the put last the Cardinals basically on his back. He had there were multiple drops by by players in this game. Elijah Higgins, oh my god, one of the worst drops I've ever seen. Kind of down the left sideline, wide open. Kyler throws a, a dart there. The Cardinals just didn't really help him out. He had to single handedly win this football game, and he did. Nineteen to thirty two for two hundred forty nine yards. He also had thirty three yards on the ground, one touchdown. He did have the interception, which was his only mistake of the game. Basically, I thought. He played a hell of a game, and it was cool to see. I like Kyle was fun to watch. I I'm, yeah. I hope he finds a, a good spot to land next year if they do end up. Oh, I think him playing is gonna ruin yeah, them that's a good getting. Point. That's a good point. Uh, top three pick, right? Do they could they take down the Texans next Sunday? Because you're right, Kyler Murray is the reason they won this ball game. Like they it's, w- the proof is in the pudding. It's like if you want to lose, he shouldn't be playing. But how do you just keep a guy you're paying that much money on the bench? I but also him playing builds his trade value. Yeah. I, it's a messy situation <laughs> Weird there. One. But yeah, they got like Texans, Rams, Steelers coming up. There's a chance the Cardinals are not picking in the top three. Do I go back to back on Cardinals picks on weekend wagers? Do I you take can't the, fade your Texans. I don't know. That's, a fun, that's a fun game. That is a letdown spot for the Texans. Yeah. So. Is there anything else on your mind that you would you like to get off it to the listeners before week 10? No, that was a good week of football. I mean, yeah. going into it, I was kind of questioning the card. I was like, ah, not a lot of stuff. We had some juice. One last thing I will say. You said I'm crazy for not acknowledging this earlier, but it was a bye week for the Eagles, so I, there was no Eagles football to watch. It really made me realize how big of like a weapon the short yardage sneak is for the Eagles, the tush push, because the rest of the NFL struggles mightily in short yardage. Yeah, were, they, I can't the, believe the Chargers, it took you this long. The Chargers and Lions was, was that one sequence where they had eight straight plays inside the five yard line. The Chargers yeah. and couldn't score the ball, like just stuff like that. Like the the Eagles switch push is such a just a benefit to them and such a weapon that they use. And other teams can't do it. We saw the Colts try to do it in in, uh, in Germany. They couldn't do it. Uh, there was a couple other ones this week bunched throughout the last few weeks. So yeah, if everyone if everyone could do it, then everyone would do it. Like Nick Sirianni says. Yeah, no, it's an absolute weapon. 
Okay, that's all she wrote. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Make sure to check out our sponsors, BetterHelp, Manscaped, and Sweat Taylor. Make sure to punch that subscribe button if you haven't already. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Whatever you can do to help with the show is greatly appreciated. And we will talk to you later.